Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. We're going to look at this story in Mark 2. Are you with me? Make some noise if you're with me. Mark 2 verse 1. Speaking of Jesus, and again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, someone got excited that Jesus is in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak? Or in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, He said to them, they didn't even have to say it out loud. Jesus knew what they were thinking. That's when you know you've been busted. They're thinking bad stuff. That's like getting caught passing a note in class and the teacher just sees it. Jesus knows what they're thinking. He calls them out. He says, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easy to say to the paralytic, your sons have forgiven you? Or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Immediately he rose, took up the bed and went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. How many know that's when you know you've had church? When you walk away, say, I don't know what just happened, but I've never seen anything like that before. How many believe in that you're about to see some things happen in your life that you've never seen happen before? What God's done before has been great and celebrate that and enjoy that. But I wanna stir you this morning to have some faith, to believe that God's gonna do some things in your life that you have never seen happen before. In fact, some things that you never even thought were possible. God is good enough by His goodness and His grace and His power to do a work in your life that you've never seen before. I love this story. I love looking more and more. I'm looking at just simply the the stories of Jesus. I was in Israel a few weeks back. I was sharing last week, but some of the places that I went, I was able to go to different places and see where Jesus went. So these stories are just coming more and more alive to me. I love everywhere Jesus went. He wasn't afraid to make a mess. He didn't, didn't bother him. Jesus is in this dude's house and he makes a mess. How many hate it when people come to your house and make a mess? We, uh, I'm a little bit OCD. I, I'm a bit of a clean freak. And um, Jesus is doing a work in me. It's a process. But I, uh, I, don't, like, I don't like mess. Uh, we love to host. We have people, you know, we'll have people over for dinner. And uh, of course, it's a whole, you know, it's a whole process. You know, there's the build up. You know, before people come and there's the preparation. Husbands, you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's not just something you can throw together. I feel like husbands, if we, were, if we were overseeing hosting our house, I feel like it would happen a lot quicker and a lot easier. Do you feel like that? I do. Um, but uh, but it's, it's almost like if someone's come up for dinner, it's like a week. It's a week preparation and cleaning and 
I mean, I'm putting up pictures. Do you know what I mean? It's like everything's happening. And, and, and then it comes to, to when people come and people come over for dinner and you cook up. We like to cook. And, and you cook up and people come over and there's dishes and there's, you know, there's, there's things everywhere. There's mess everywhere. And people are enjoying it and it's fun and we're talking and it's awesome. And then it comes time for the people to leave. And often what people will do is before they leave, because people are nice and people are polite. And when people leave, they see the mess and they say, do you want us, do you want us to stay and help clean? And when they say that, my heart just, I, 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 some, something comes into my heart. But then I hear from the other side of the room, my wife. I, I swear the enemy takes over her in that moment. It's a, has to be a demonic thing. It could not come from heaven. My wife will utter these words from the other side of the room. No, 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 leave it. We will do it. I'm like, we who? Then I will jump in and I'll say, no, disregard my wife. Please forgive her in this moment. I would love for you to stay and clean. I have no problem. Come to my house. We will love on you. We will feed you. I have absolutely no problem in requesting that you remain for the cleanup. You come in my house, you're there for the whole deal, bro. I'm telling you. It's better to give than to receive. Trust me, it's better for you. I, 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 I want people to clean. My wife's like, no, 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 go, go. I'm like, no, stay, stay. Work, clean, wash, vacuum, help. Please don't leave me because you know that when that door shuts and your guests are on the other side, your wife's going to bed and you're stuck with a mess. All the husbands said. But Jesus, he had no problem. Everywhere Jesus went, he created, he created a mess. Jesus goes to preach. There's another story in Luke where Jesus gets up to preach in the synagogue and he starts to preach and this demon-possessed man jumps up. He created a stir. He created a mess everywhere he went because he carried such power on him. He was more focused about changing people than he was about keeping things nice. He was more focused on people walking away free and people walking away with their breakthrough and people walking away with their healing. See, religion is happy for you to stay where you are as long as the form and everything stays nice. Religion doesn't want you to leave with breakthrough if breakthrough requires you to mess up the system and the process a little bit. But Jesus is so concerned about people. He doesn't care about what happens during the process of doing church. His priority, is that you walk away with a breakthrough and that you walk away with a healing. Jesus doesn't care about leaving a mess. In this story, Jesus is preaching, he's in the middle of preaching and these, these dudes come. It, it's, I love what happens because they come and I wanna give you some quick things that happen when Jesus is in the house. The first thing that happens is there is an expectation when Jesus is in the house. It says that people gathered, it says so many people gathered. It says that there was no room Place was packed out. No one, there was not even room near the door. People is overflowing. And these four dudes hear about it and they gather, they get together and they start heading the church with an expectation. I want to tell you, expectation is a powerful thing. Do you come with expectation when you read your word? 
When you come to pray, do you get up in the morning to pray and spend some time and in your spirit, there's a stirring, say, man, God's about to do something in my heart. God's about to do something today. I wanna tell you, expectation is a powerful thing. As I was preparing, I was looking at different things and when you talk on a topic, sometimes you'll look and sometimes I'll look at different quotes. You know, quotes, you know, that'll sort of fit in with what I'm saying. So I was looking at quotes regarding expectation. Do you know what I found interesting? I could not find one positive quote regarding expectation. Do you want me to read some of what I found just to get you down this morning? <laughs> Look at this. I find my li- this is something that somebody said. I find my life is a lot easier the lower I keep my expectations. Awesome. That sounds like a positive person to hang out with. Look at what this idiot said. Look, he says, <laughs> this guy says, he starts off by saying, look, look, I have a strategy. Do you want to hear his strategy for life? You sound like someone you want to spend some time with. I have a strategy. Why expect anything? If you don't expect anything, you don't get disappointed. Awesome. Well, that sounds like a positive, uplifting moron that you want to spend some time with, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but there's nothing worse than hanging out with people that have no expectation. Do you ever get in the car to go see a movie with someone? The first thing they do, they get in the car and they say, oh, I bet this movie's going to be rubbish. You're like, well, what am I going with you for then? It's almost like they ruin it before you get there. And then once that gets in your head, you're just waiting for rubbish to come on the screen. You're just waiting for a silly movie that you've got to sit through. But there's something powerful when you build an expectation because you have to understand the reason why people get so disappointed in life is they're putting their expectation in the wrong things. They're putting their expectation in their situations or in people around them. But when you put your expectation in God, God will never let you down. Even if the situation might and people might, my faith and expectation is not in people. It's not in situations. It's in my God. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. He's not gonna change. He's good always. And if I trust in Him and put my expectation in Him, He delivers every time. You've got to have some expectation. Wake up in the morning and just try this. It sounds silly, but just declare, you know what? Today's going to be a great day. You might feel like hell, but declare heaven. You might feel like craziness is going on around you. Try it. Say, you know what? God, I thank you. Today's going to be awesome. Things are going to work out for me today. And even if they don't, Just keep declaring great things. Just keep believing for the best. What you do is you line up your expectation with the Word of God. The Word doesn't declare bad things over your life. In fact, it says it declares greater beyond, it says beyond what you could possibly ask, think of or imagine. That's what God has waiting for you. Could it be that sometimes you miss the goodness of what God wants to do in your life because you're so busy expecting bad things to happen? We've got to have that expectation. Those who never make the connection with God's goodness struggle consistently with the expectation of tragedy. You've got to know that your God is good and expect great things. Another thing that happens when Jesus is in the house, I love what happens is it says that he got up and it said that he preached, he preached the word. He preached the word of God. I love how simple and clear Jesus' sermons and messages were. 
He wasn't trying to dazzle people. He wasn't trying to... He wasn't actually trying to draw a crowd. A crowd just gathered. He just kept preaching the word. There was an an expectation, but there was also a proclamation of the word of God. We've got to proclaim the word of God over our life. You've got to proclaim those of you that those miracles that you're down the front praying for, those miracles you're believing for. Do you have verses that you stand on for every miracle you're believing for? Or are these just hope-filled sort of dreams that you say, well, I wish this could happen one day. No, you need a verse that you can stand on. The Bible says that the word is the sword of the spirit. You've got to have a verse. You've got to stand on that and you've got to declare that over your life every single day. How many know that proclaiming the Word of God over your life is powerful? Speak it out. Put it in front of you. Write it on your mirror. Write it on a piece of paper. Put it on your phone. Put it as a screensaver on your phone. Every time you go to pick up your phone, you've got to see the Word of God. Put it in front of you. It's a powerful thing. There was a proclamation. The other thing that happened when Jesus was in the house was these four men. These four men gathered together. There was expectation, there was proclamation, but there was also cooperation. This speaks to me of unity within the house of God. I believe that we need to have unity amongst the house of God. That's what I love about this church. I love how diverse we are. I love how different we all are. I love that we come to church from different parts of town, from different walks of life. It speaks to me of what the body of Christ should look like. People have said before, what type of church are you? I say, I don't know. Are you a white church? I say, I don't know. We have white people. Are you a black church? I don't know. We have black people too. I'm not sure what a black church is really. People say, are you Hispanic? Are you Asian? I say, yes, 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 and yes. We're a little bit of everything and we got a little Australian right there in the middle just to mix things up a bit. It's the body of Christ, all of us coming together. I love that we look different. I love that we wear different clothes at church. You know what? I'm okay. I like it that someone's going to come to church in flip-flops, shorts and a T-shirt and someone else is going to come to church wearing a three-piece suit. I don't have a problem with that. People and hear my heart. Some people say, well, it's disrespectful. Understand it's all relative. To one person wearing what they're wearing is respectful. To someone else, it isn't. I think we can get so caught up on things that half the time I think God's looking at us saying, bro, are you serious? Just get to church. I don't care what you're wearing. As long as your heart's right, as long as you're hungry for me, if you want to dress up, dress it up. But He's more concerned about the state of our heart than He's the colour of our outfit. And I think we've got to get to this place where we understand how powerful it is that we just, we just come together as the church and we don't look with judgment upon people. I love that these men came together, four men came together for the sake of somebody else. The Bible says that the unsaved, it said they will look upon us and it says they will know that you are my disciples by your love for one another. Lost people have to be able to look at us as the church and say, there's something, these guys have got something going on. There's some, I've never seen people love each other like that. I've never seen people from different walks of life and different, 
different, diver- the diversity, but they all seem to just be so connected and cooperate and work together so much. They have such a love for each other. It speaks a language that will grab the attention of people. Could it be that half the time lost people don't want to come to church is because they see more disunity in the church than they have in their own life. That they look at the church and look at us bickering with each other on social media and attacking this person's tweet and jumping on this person's Instagram, being judgmental and say, you know what? Worry about the stick in your own eye and just say, you know what? I'm just focusing on Jesus. They're on their walk. They're on their journey. Let them do what they're going to do. They're not my responsibility. It's coming together, it's, it's cooperating together to build the house of God. When Jesus is in the house, there's cooperation. But look at this, Jesus is in there and, and he's preaching and he's tearing it up. The place is blowing up, it's packed out. And all of a sudden, they dudes start ripping tiles off the roof and they start lowering this poor guy through the roof. I don't know if they gave that guy a choice or not. You ever think about that? I mean, dude couldn't walk. I don't know whether they just said, you're coming, get on this mat. He says, I don't want it. They said, shut up, get on there. (laughs) He comes to church and they take him up on the roof. Can you imagine being the paralytic on the mat? I'd be like, boys, we're not going through the door. No, 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 we're going to lower you on the roof. But you're going to walk? What do you mean? You imagine how awkward that is for this poor dude? You're talking about a packed service. It's all right for the four guys because they're on the other side of the roof. No one can see them. But then all of a sudden the roof breaks open and then... Imagine it didn't happen fast. You got this poor paralytic dude just sitting on the mat like, hey. What's up? Oh, you're having a meeting. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's just sitting there and he start, they start to lower him down. And then Jesus sees what's going on. It says he saw their faith and he starts to speak to this dude. And when he speaks to him, the Pharisees kick up. I want to tell you that when Jesus is in the house, there's going to be some confrontation. Don't think that you're going to step into what God has called you to do and you're not going to face some opposition. Don't think that you're going to make a decision to start going all out for Jesus. You're going to make a decision. You know what? I don't just want Jesus on a Sunday. I want Jesus Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all the way through Saturday. I want Him in my house. I want Him in my life. Don't think you're not going to face some things. Notice that the confrontation, the opposition came before the outworking of the miracle happened. Whenever you're going to walk in a breakthrough, no doubt you're going to have to go through a battle first. If you're going through a battle, going through a trial, you need to stir some faith because you've got to know that Jesus is on the other side of your battle and you're about to walk in a breakthrough. There's something about going through a battle before you experience a breakthrough because the battle actually helps you appreciate the breakthrough better. If you know what I'm talking about, if you believed before, maybe you're a, you're a mother or father and you believe for your young person to come back to God and you went through that battle and now at Christmas time, you can gather as a family all under one roof and all in the house and all loving Jesus. You, you take much more joy in the breakthrough because you know what it was to walk through hell in the battle. You can appreciate the breakthrough on the other side 
of a battle. But if you're going to have Jesus in your house, you're going to face some opposition. You're going to face some challenges. Often what is happening through the challenges is where faith is getting matured so that we can handle the breakthrough. So when we, there's something about getting beat down, that allows you, once you got beat down, you learn that it's not about you. You learn through the battle that you can't do it on your own. You learn through the battle that you need Jesus each and every moment. You learn through the battle that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by my spirit. So that when you walk in the breakthrough, you're still saying the same thing. God, I thank you that I learned in the battle that I need you every day. And even though things are now good, I'm still going to step every single day depending on you, needing you, drawing strength from you. Don't take the breakthrough for granted. You go through on the way to your breakthrough. You're going to face some confrontation. The other thing that happens, are you still with me? I'll be finished soon. The other thing that happens when Jesus is in the house after confrontation, there will be, there will be a manifestation of the miracle working power of God. We, 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 church nowadays, I think as church becomes more and more seeker friendly, I think church is sort of becoming almost more popular as church is getting cooler in our presentation. I think, as I said, we're getting better at doing church. Church has become a lot more relatable, I think. And I think it's a good thing. It's a lot more relatable to lost people. I think the church has come a long way. But I think in developing our presentation And getting better at what we do. We cannot forget the importance of just the raw power of God. We cannot forget how it's not our coolness is not going to transform somebody. Because we got people coming that have real challenges. That are walking through real situations. And you know what? If they don't know Jesus, they're on their way to a real hell. And we need the manifest power and presence of God. We need to understand, you've heard me talk about it before, but each and every one of you, I believe that more and more we're getting a better understanding of what each and every one of us are called to do as carriers of the presence of God. That God wants to work His miracle working power, not just through the preacher and not just through the pastor, but He wants to do it through you. That you could be a carrier of the presence of God. That when you walk into your work situation, when you walk into your home, when you walk into your college or your school, you have the ability to transform atmospheres around you because of what you carry on you. This guy... This guy didn't need a cool message. Dude didn't need a nice song or a cool screen. He needed a miracle. He needed the miracle working power of God. And on my heart, more and more is getting stirred, more and more that we would be people that we would believe for miracles. And we're seeing it, us sharing with the church. I had a lady last night come up to me. We've been praying for her niece that 
had been diagnosed with cancer. She was about to go through some, some, uh, some surgery and she came back last night, tears in her eyes, standing down the front here and told me that the report's come back from the doctor. She's cancer free. She's gonna be here in church in a few weeks. Come on, I believe He's the God of miracles. I believe He wants to pour it out. Do you expect miracles? Do you expect it? I'm telling you, God is going to bring lost people. God's going to bring sick people. And I believe when we have that manifest power of God, I've seen it before. I remember doing it. I remember doing a youth camp. It was one of the earliest sort of youth camps that we had done. And I remember inviting all of these young kids from high schools. I would go out of high schools and run programs in schools and invite kids, come to camp, come to camp. They were all unsaved. They'd never been in church. Half of them didn't even know, never heard a sermon in their life, wouldn't even know what it was. And I remember getting up to preach and the enemy would get in my head. The enemy would get in my head and say, man, you can't preach what you're gonna preach. These are teenage kids. They don't know church. They want a cool sermon they want they want a cool story just just do a funny story talk about Jesus a little bit but don't believe for anything crazy that that was the battle i used to face as a youth pastor i thank god that we got a youth ministry that believes in the supernatural power of god we believe in, in having it cool and I believe in a cool presentation and I believe in a lot of fun. But the purpose of a cool presentation and the purpose of a lot of fun is to connect the teenagers and then take them from that and journey them. It's to build a bridge from that connection and call to an encounter with God. But I remember doing it. I remember being in there. I remember it was a big basketball court that we'd packed out for, for camp. And, and I remember preaching. And I remember seeing God move. And I remember young, I remember seeing young kids that were disengaged. I remember seeing them sitting up the back, sitting on the floor, sitting on their skateboards along the back wall. And these were kids that I've been working with at risk youth. But then when the power of God started to move, and I told kids, come forward, I started to preach about a miracle working Jesus. I didn't just preach about nice Jesus. I didn't just preach about cool Jesus. I preached about the miracle working Son of God that can turn situations around. And I started to give kids an opportunity. I said, come forward if you want prayer. I wasn't trying to freak them out, but I don't know how to do ministry any different. I don't know how to just keep it cool and present it. All I know is the power of God. All I know is the presence of God. And I said to come forward and kids start coming forward and I pray for kids. Kids start getting baptised in the Holy Spirit. Kids start experiencing the manifest power of God physically on their body. They start to feel the power of God. You know when it's real, when a teenager, they're not going to fake it. Teenage kids going out under the power of God and, and I'm a believer in let the Holy Spirit do whatever He wants to do. I don't care what it makes you do, but just go with it. And kids started experiencing the power of God. And then I'll never forget, I remember looking across where all of these young kids have been sitting, these skater kids and stuff. And they weren't there. And I remember I looked up and they'd all come up, they'd stood up and they'd all walk to the front. They were standing down the front with their skateboards and hats on and bags. And they were just standing there. Why? Because they had seen 
the working power, the manifest power of God. Something about the power of God that will attract people. People want to see the manifest miracle working power of God. And I think we as churches can sometimes, we deny them that because we're so busy trying to be cool and trying to connect. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit doesn't need your help. What He needs is just us to be made available and say, God, would you touch me and do something through me that's not natural, but supernatural. And you will see a community transformed around you. But we need the power of God. And real quickly as I close, last two things that happened. There was a manifestation, then there was restoration. He's a God that can restore if you've messed up, He can restore. If you've made mistakes, He can restore. That's the power of the blood of Jesus. If your family's broken, He can restore. If your marriage is separated, He can restore. That paralytic man walked out of their hole, restored, set free. This is what happens when Jesus is in the house and the last thing. It says immediately he rose up, took the bed and went out in the presence of them all so that all were amazed and glorified God saying we never saw anything like this. The last thing that happens when Jesus is in the house is there's a glorification. God gets the glory. God gets the glory. My greatest prayer is that when people leave our services, that they walk away. It doesn't bother me. You'll forget this message, no doubt. We'll forget. Half the sermons we hear, we forget. But the encounter with God, you never forget. You can think back. I can tell you, I can tell you services I've been in. And no doubt most of you can do the exact same thing. And I can say, I don't know what was preached. I don't know the songs they sang. But I know I met Jesus. I know I felt His power in my life. I know that God set me free. I know that He called me. I know that I got anointed. I know the power of God and the presence of God came upon me. That is my heart's cry that when people leave our service, that they don't remember, forget everything else. If you forget everything else, but just remember Jesus. That Jesus would get the glory. That God's name would be lifted higher than any other name. It's the encounter with Jesus Christ. Come on, does anyone here want that encounter with Jesus Christ? Right across this room, let's stand to our feet. I'm going to close. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.